Tendinitis, commonly diagnosed and misdiagnosed. Wouldn't you like to be able to offer your patients treatments that might be a rapid cure? You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment focusing on sports medicine. I am Dr. Shira Johnson, your host, and with me today is Dr. Alan Mishra from Stanford University Department of Orthopedic Surgery. Dr. Mishra is a practicing orthopedic surgeon and an adjunct clinical assistant professor at Stanford. He is also the director of the Total Tendon Network. He's done much research and lectures on the role of platelet-rich plasma in treating tendonitis. He's here today with us to discuss the diagnosis and the -the state-of-the-art treatment of tendonitis, which now goes way beyond non-steroidals and ACE wraps. So welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Mishra. Thank you very much, Dr. Johnson. So tell us a little bit about the Total Tendon Network. What is it and why did you start it and why do we need it? So the Total Tendon Network is something I put together mainly for patients to help connect with each other, but it's also been for physicians and physical therapists to explore new opportunities for treatment, diagnosis, treatment, and even prevention of tendon-related problems. It was something that was missing on the web. Uh, There's a lot of large social networks and discussion boards about a variety of things, but nothing that specifically focused on tendons. And that's actually what I do most in my practice. So I came up with this idea to create a network of people who could help each other. And it's been fascinating to see how it evolves. It's sort of like you plant a seed on the web and then you see what people use it for. And there's, again, physicians who are asking each other questions about different treatments, physical therapists talking about nutritional supplements for a variety of disorders and a variety of patients asking each other about what works and what doesn't work. So I'm kind of curious, how did you get into working with so much tendonitis? Now you're in California. Is it a lot to do with the outdoor lifestyle and exercise? Well, I think actually I'm an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist, but mainly what I do is soft tissue-related surgery, and that's tendon and ligament repairs and reconstructions. And then my research is focused on biologic treatments for soft tissue injuries in orthopedics. So the treatments that I've been working on and, and studying both in the lab and in patients is using a component of your own blood, you alluded to this earlier, platelet-rich plasma, and that's how it evolved into tendon research. Truly, what I started using the platelet-rich plasma for was tendons mainly, and still mainly, so that's where my practice has sort of morphed into, I don't want to say I'm only a tendon doctor, but it's probably half of what I do right now. So let's go back a step for our listeners and tell them, how do you get a tendonitis or a tendinopathy? Is it purely an overuse injury? So that's an excellent question. And tendonitis is a misnomer. So acute tendonitis really is, I was running in the hills and my Achilles didn't bother me before and now it does. So you get an acute inflammatory response. Tendinopathy is a better term to use because it encompasses everything from acute tendonitis to a complete tear. And how you can get it really is two or three different ways. You can think of chronic tendonitis or tendinopathy as a stress fracture of the tendon. And that can occur from repetitive overuse or can occur more commonly in people who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who are very active. And unfortunately, what happens in that age group is the tendon starts to lose some of the elasticity and even moderate to upper level activities can result in injuries that the body isn't able to repair on its own. That's tendinopathy. So if we're talking about an elbow or if we're talking about a rotator cuff, how is it diagnosed? So 
very common to occur together, by the way. So if you have tennis elbow, it's important to have your shoulder evaluated. And if you have a shoulder or a rotator cuff problem, it's important to have your elbow. They're sort of cousins, similar things. So on your rotator cuff, it's pain with overhead activity or pain with things like serving tennis, swimming, or throwing something. That's typically what people will complain of. With tennis elbow, it's again, tennis elbow is the common name for it, but it can come from overuse in your computer or overuse in gardening or a variety of other activities. You can have pain with twisting or reaching with your arm in an extended position. A rotator cuff injury it can be kind of complicated to diagnose and to treat, correct? So how would you differentiate between, say, a partial tear versus a shoulder impingement or something else in that area? Right. And on physical examination and history, you can get a lot of it. But people are morphing towards ultrasound and MRI as ways to confirm a partial thickness injury versus a complete tear. And you're right, the shoulder is much more complex than the elbow in terms of figuring things out because shoulder pain can also come from your neck, by the way. You can have a pinched nerve in your neck that can result in pain in your shoulder. So when you are looking at that, make sure you, if you're audience here as physicians, you've got to look at the patient's neck, especially as they get into their 50s and 60s and 70s, because degeneration of a disc in the neck can mimic shoulder pain. Now, when do you need to go to an ultrasound or an MRI? It's based on really severity of the symptoms or longevity of the symptoms. So if you've got severe symptoms for a short period of time, you may end up getting an MRI or an ultrasound. Or if you've had symptoms for three or four months without resolution and they're percolating and they're not able to improve, that's when you should do one of those imaging studies. So as you said in the beginning, is tendonitis usually, or is it often misdiagnosed? Well, I think the severity of it is misdiagnosed. So some people don't understand. Again, tendonitis is a term that both patients and doctors misuse, Uh, especially primary care doctors don't really understand that spectrum all the way to a partial thickness tear or a complete tear. And I think what we're able to potentially offer patients, and again, the research is evolving and, and we're getting smarter and smarter about how to apply potential biologic solutions, we may have better options for patients. I do think one important treatment should be discussed, and that's cortisone injections. Now, if you take a look at the literature on cortisone injections for things like rotator cuff pathology or tennis elbow, there is very little evidence that they help the patient in the long run, and they may significantly interfere with healing. I rarely use that anymore in my practice. I do think physicians out there should vigorously look at the literature before they just give somebody a cortisone injection because they may be doing more harm than good. Now, if you're just joining the discussion, you're listening to a special segment focusing on sports medicine on ReachMD Radio XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Alan Mishra, and we're discussing tendonitis, treatments that you may want to know about for your practice. Now, a lot of our listeners today, Dr. Mishra, are primary care and family medicine doctors uh, in their office, and they may be seeing a lot of these tendonitis, or what's called tendonitis, and they're diagnosing and they're treating. When do you go beyond and prescribe more invasive therapies? And can you tell us something about the biotherapies that we know you've been working with? So when a primary care doc sees somebody, let's take tennis elbow, I would ask him a few things. Does it hurt with activity? Does it hurt? prior to activity, and importantly, do you have any pain after that activity or when you've stopped that activity? There's a sort of a spectrum of before, during, or after pain that can help the patient and the doctor decide how severe it is. If you've got pain even with rest or you've stopped whatever activity you think started this problem, then you've got a problem that should be addressed more vigorously. It may be an imaging modality such as ultrasound or MRI, 
Physical therapy can help, but more often than not, you've got to understand, is that partially torn in terms of the tendon or is it intact? If you've got a partially or completely torn tendon by the imaging thing, you need to refer them to either a musculoskeletal primary care specialist or an orthopedic surgeon because of the options that are now available, including potential biologic therapies. And they're evolving in their treatment protocols for these, and there's large double-blind prospective randomized trials going on across the country. Importantly, we will have a lot of that data within the next year. I think those type of studies will help guide treatments moving forward in 2010 and beyond. So to reiterate, severe pain, not getting better, usual modalities of treatment that you may do in a primary care office, such as physical therapy or maybe even laser or ultrasound, but not getting better. At that point, call for an imaging study and refer to someone like yourself. Right. And I do think there's plenty of primary care sports medicine specialists out there who could and should be treating these patients. But if you see a patient, I'll give you a real specific example. A patient with severe weakness and pain at their elbow or at their shoulder that comes on after a traumatic event, that's when you need to do an imaging study sooner. And that's when you need to refer to an orthopedic surgeon sooner than later because somebody may have a tendon tear. And we don't want to see those patients a month or two later. We'd like to see them within a week or 10 days if possible because reattaching or repairing a tendon is sometimes time dependent. And sometimes patients or primary care doctors don't understand how potentially severe it could be. Now tell us a little bit more about your work with the platelet-rich plasma. How did you get involved in it? What is it and how do you apply it? So platelet-rich plasma is very simple. It is a component of your own blood, essentially eliminating most of the red blood cells and concentrating the platelets and the white blood cells into a form of an autograft. Essentially, it's the healing components of your blood. And platelet-rich plasma has been around for 50 years. If you look up in PubMed or on the Internet for articles associated with it, you're going to see 5,000 or more references. And what's really changed in the last 5 to 10 years is understanding the healing properties of this sort of you know, fraction of whole blood. It's been shown in a variety of studies to help wound healing. And I got actually involved in it about seven or eight years ago because it's also been associated with helping to heal bones. As I told you earlier, I'm more of a soft tissue surgeon than a fracture surgeon. Mm-hmm. And we found out that it could possibly heal tendons. So we ended up doing a pilot study that was published in the American Journal of Sports Medicine that showed it helped treat patients with severe elbow tendinopathy and help them avoid surgery. And since that time, it's now been used for a variety of different problems, including Achilles tendonitis and tendinopathy, patellar tendonitis and tendinopathy, and even plantar fasciitis. We are, however, I'd say more at the beginning, and there's more we don't know than we do know, but it is going to be potentially a bridge between other non-operative treatments and surgery for patients who uh, have a, a significant problem. So tell us the procedure itself. It's only done in controlled studies for now, but how is it done? It's very simple. So you come into an office or, or an outpatient surgery center, you have about 30 cc's of blood drawn. You use a desktop type centrifuge to separate the components. And this is important. Not all platelet-rich plasma is the same. I think the audience out there needs to understand that there's a a variety of different formulas of this. But the formula that is most useful is about four to five times the platelet concentration with also increased white blood cell concentration. And that is made by simply taking that 30 cc's of blood, putting it into a plastic tube, dropping it into a centrifuge, pushing a button, having it processed for about 15 minutes, you end up with about three or four cc's of that concentrated platelet-rich plasma. We then 
use a local anesthetic to block the elbow where the pain is typically in the lateral epicondylar region, and then inject the platelet-rich plasma into and around the area where the tendon is partially torn. It's almost like a biologic surgery or a biologic solution to the problem. And we have found in controlled studies that the platelet-rich plasma is much better than cortisone and has also been able to help between 85 and 90% of patients who are facing surgery for tennis elbow. So this is, I would say, preliminary but strong evidence to suggest we should continue studying it. And there is, as I said, a double-blind prospective randomized trial uh, ongoing in the United States right now that will help definitively answer the question by 2010. Now, I read that it was actually used in a case of a partially torn ligament. Is that anecdotal or is that where it's going? It's definitely anecdotal for right now. It's amazing how important anecdotal events can be in elite athletes. And I think that does help drive some of the research. So we are investigating the platelet-rich plasma for ligament injuries and even cartilage problems. Uh, So there was a recent meeting of the International Cartilage Research Association that discussed how platelet-rich plasma may actually help improve cartilage regeneration, which is one of the holy grails of orthopedics, is to try and restore cartilage, not just treat it with a total knee or a total hip replacement, but actually potentially be able to improve the function of somebody who has a mildly to moderately arthritic knee, for example. What about laser therapy for tendonitis? How does it work? Laser therapy is something I don't know a lot about. I don't use that in my practice. And there is some, I would call it low-level evidence to suggest laser therapy is helpful. But I think we're in this era of we've got to do things that are cost-effective. And the interesting, if you compared sort of platelet-rich plasma to a laser therapy, you'll find that the platelet-rich plasma is significantly less expensive. For one simple reason, you get the component of the platelet-rich plasma out of the patient's own blood. So there's no need to buy or maintain a laser. And I think we're going to, if I were to try and predict the future of not just orthopedics, but all of medicine, we're going to need to study more how the body can potentially heal itself and maximize those strategies as physicians to see if we can take advantage of that. And platelet-rich plasma is just one example. A stem cell transplant would be another one. But there are many, many other ways, uh, whether it's your immune system or your bone marrow, that we might be able to say these are things that are within our own body if we use them in specific indications would be helpful, as opposed to drugs or surgery. So more of a biologic approach. And and that's one of the things I've actually done is create what what we call the Biologic Orthopedic Society, which is just a bunch of doctors who are studying this right now. And we're trying to educate each other so that we can accelerate the research that we've all been doing independently. Dr. Mishra, you've been a great guest. Thank you. We've all learned a lot today. Thank you for being on ReachMD. Thank you very much for your time, Dr. Johnson, and I appreciate the opportunity. We've been discussing tendonitis, diagnosis, and treatment, state-of-the-art. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson. You've been listening to a special segment focusing on sports medicine on ReachMD Radio XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Thank you for listening.